Well, welcome to another episode of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. So, uh, we have a World Series. Uh, we have the two we teams do. in the World Series. And uh, we have the not the New York Yankees, which is... I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I'm so sad about it. But I'm not really happy about the other option. Um, but I'm happy about the Phillies. That uh, that Bryce Harper, what a playoff run he's having right now. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that, Bryce Harper. Doing uh, Bryce Harper things, doing, doing $300 million man type things. You know, that's uh, weird that uh, things like that would, would happen. Yeah, very, very strange, you know, that uh, a guy like Bryce Harper is going to go out at the height of his career, maybe even before the height of his career, you know, being that he came into the league as, as a youngster. But, uh, you know, he reaches free agency, does some pretty big things before he reaches free agency after his rookie contract, asks for a lot of money, and then produces like somebody who gets a lot of money. It's, uh, it's just it's, it's crazy how that kind of thing happens, you know? It's almost like the White Sox should have signed him when they had the chance. Yeah, almost. Almost. But, uh, yeah, I digress. Uh, you know, cutesy uh, contract offers. They don't seem to tend to go over well with guys who put up big numbers. They just they just don't. Grimtall says that if he were on the Sox, that home run would have cost JR $15 million in incentives. And uh, I can't disagree with that. That sounds about right with the way that the contracts were structured. I'm sure that the uh, NLCS, you know, if he would have been in the ALCS and he had his uh, escalators that they put into the contract for him, I'm sure that that probably would have cost him five million bucks. You know, at least just for that uh, one one award that he just got. So, plus he would already paid for a uh, MVP last year. So. Yeah, but you know, you know the flip side of that is uh, the guy is uh, internationally known at this point. Is uh, you know, baseball spreads its tentacles across the world. Uh, you know, he's a household name in a lot of places where baseball is played. Uh, he sells a lot of jerseys. He uh, sells a lot of uh, TV time. Not just here in the United States, but all over the world. And uh, I'm sure the revenue that would be brought back in return would uh, more than uh, make up or justify for the type of contract that he's getting. Now, I know a lot of Sox fans, when this whole thing was going down between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and, you know, are the Sox going to land the big fish? There were a lot of folks out there that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that this is wrong, but. There were a lot of folks out there that thought, well, these giant contracts that go for 10, 11, 12, 13 years, you know, just at the end of those contracts, you're just paying bad money, paying bad money out. I said, yeah, fine. But in the early part of that contract, you're getting MVP type performances. And now we're seeing a phenomenal playoff run. And, uh, you know, the end of the contract be damned. And, and at my point, 
you know, by the time it comes around a year 10, 11, 12, 13, the things that this guy's doing on a year to year basis, hey, maybe he earned that little bit of money at the end of that contract to uh, not be as good as he was in his mid to late 20s and early 30s. You know, I, just my thought there, you know, just trying to play a little devil's advocate. Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, I was squarely in the camp of getting Bryce Harper. Um, but the, the main thing that I heard back was, you know, well, the back end of the contract is going to be terrible and, you know, you're paying for past production and, you know, from a 26-year-old, keep in mind. Um, right. <laughs> but, hey, John Rudels, how you doing, buddy? Um, Good evening. Rudels! Yeah, we went out to the cage earlier tonight, so... Had him uh, yeah, smacking around a little bit. Yeah, it was good. Um, nice. Yeah, but like most of the people were saying that their their reasoning was <laughs> like the, the main things I heard was he's a selfish player. That's one thing I heard, which has been proven to be, you know, at least by the looks of all things from the outside and from the fact that his teammates seem to love him, um, seems to be false. Um, you know, that he's arrogant, which doesn't seem to be the case either um you know that he wasn't good on defense which you know not is ridiculous fantastic but i mean certainly not terrible and not bad in any means yeah i mean it's just there are just so many uh so many excuses people just did not want the White Sox to spend that money because they weren't going to be able to maneuver around with any salaries. And keep in mind that this is when the salary, you know, like when the, the, the White Sox payroll was like $60 million and people were worried, Oh, well, you're not going to be able to sign all your guys. You know, you're not going to be able to sign all these guys and then have a, you know, you know, if you have a $30 million contract, you're not going to be able to maneuver. Right, because we're going to pay Tim Anderson $30 million a year, and we're going to pay Luis Robert $30 million a year, and we're going to pay Yoan Moncada $30 million a year. And it was like, we, you know, we get th- this is the thing. And again, I'm not mad at Sox fans for doing this, but much like our very own front office, Sox fans tend to fall in love with Sox players. And uh, sometimes that is a route that will keep you from seeing the big picture and culminating in, you know, NLDS appearances and World Series appearances. You know, you you would like to... I I get it. You know, we fall in love with these guys. They're they're homegrown. They're recruited. Rick Hahn went out and, you know, fleeced a couple of teams to get us some, you know, bangers, whatever. You know, and and those moments were exciting when they happened, but they were the beginning of a rebuild. And those names, yeah, that was the only excitement we had to hang on to at that time because the team was terrible. And we're waiting for these guys to come up and, oh, it's going to be so awesome. But in the grand scheme of things, you might have to move some of them in order to get over that hump and culminate in a, in a deep playoff run. Yeah. Um, did you happen to see the tweet thread from uh, Floyd Bannister's kid? I on, have not. On Twitter. Um, 
Floyd Bannister, huh? Yeah, his kid Brian Bannister. He's uh, a pitching coach, and uh, he was with the 2018 Red Sox that won the World Series uh, with the White Sox very own Andy Barquette, and he did a uh, a big long thread of tweets on Dave Dombrowski and how Dave Dombrowski's awesome. And, uh, you know, I know that he's been the butt of jokes when it comes to things like the uh, Miguel Cabrera contract and uh, a couple of other ones that, you know, we knew were going to be those those back-end busts, you know, like where the, the Tigers are paying for, you know, past production now on the very back end of that contract. But the thing was is that, you know, when he first got there, he was great until he started getting, you know, until his knees turned to dust. Um, right. But one of the things that, uh, let me go ahead and bring up the, the one that I found in particular very interesting. Um, and uh, to answer your question, Grimtall, in the chat here, did we fans overhype and overvalue those guys? Now, that's not quite what I'm getting at when I make those statements about, you know, falling in love with Sox players. Uh, I think some of those guys might have been overhyped and overvalued, but for the most part, I think the organization's to blame for some of the lack of production in these guys, you know, uh, in the injuries that have befallen them. Yeah, I mean, but there's a whole other conversation that we've been having of for reasons. months. Yeah, there's a so. myriad of reasons why that happened. And, you know, I understood at the time, you know, people being worried about not being able to extend these these guys that they thought were going to be studs. But the thing is, is that, you know, you don't know that those guys, you know, they hadn't played a, a game yet. You know, like Luis Robert hadn't played a game yet at that point. You know, Aloy. Well, and that's the same, same thing. thing. You know, the same people that are talking about not giving – the big name players uh, money for past production or, you know, these long contracts that are going to, you know, maybe fall apart in the last few seasons and you're, you're paying big dollars for a little production. Uh, those are the same people that were lauding Rick Hahn for paying some of these guys that were coming up that had never played a single game at the major league level. And those same people will be the ones to point out to you when a guy isn't the most touted prospect that, Maybe he should spend some more time in Double A AA and Triple A and and get that you know get hit all the the practice and, and you know coaching that he can get. It's just you know you got to pick a side here and you can't fall in love with the way the team does one thing and not in a way that the team does another thing and kind of argue against each other you know what i mean you're you you got to find some common middle ground unfortunately and i'm not talking bad about Sox fans don't get me wrong i just know that there are certain contingents that uh don't like to look at the bigger picture they they kind of put the blinders on and you know so i'm i'm guilty of it at times myself so you know i'm not gonna call anybody out or throw anybody under the bus I, i've done it in the past and uh you know now it's time to kind of take a look at where things have gone and say, okay, some mistakes were made. How do we fix them? And unfortunately, we don't see a lot of that happening. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing, right? And the interesting bit is that people, that you know, the 
the Bryce Harper Manny Machado thing was um, heading into 2019. Correct. Right. So th- in 2018, the one of the top prospects who's supposed to be, you know, the uh, second or third best player on your team, Yoan Mankata in 2018 had 217 strikeouts and everybody was complaining about that dude and saying that he was not aggressive enough and it looked like he didn't care. Now this was in 2018. Right. So heading into 2019, one of the arguments was that we weren't going to be able to extend players. So with how much people were complaining about Yoan Mankata and seeing Yoan Mankata's results, these Why would you want to extend These them? are the same people that are trying to argue, <laughs> well, we're not going to be able to re-sign these guys, and we're not going to be able to keep them around. Well, the dude just had 217 strikeouts. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously in 2019 he was a lot better. Yeah, he had a great season. That, that was his good season, you know, that he's had, his actual really good season that he's had. And, you know, that's great. However, you know, they were arguing that we weren't going to be able to extend these guys or re-sign these guys when – what that he did that year would say that you would want to re-sign him, number yeah. one. Number yeah, two... nothing he did performance-wise garnered an extension exactly, at that point in time. Exactly. Number two, by seeing that and seeing what the, you know, at one time, the number one overall prospect in baseball did when you know that you have a couple of other guys coming up as well, to expect that those guys who were not the number one overall prospect in baseball were going to magically be so much better, and you were going to want to extend all those guys as well. Right. At the expense of not getting a guy who already had a National League MVP, averaged 30 home runs a year and 100 RBIs, just like Jose Abreu has, but he plays right field and he's left-handed and you're arguing against signing him because you won't be able to maneuver the money after and keep in mind also that we had just watched several years of a rebuild with no payroll and people are saying no you can't do that cuz you don't want to you don't want to spend that money you want to retain right, you want to overextend your payroll. yeah no absolutely not <laughs> Because you have to re-sign Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. Which, which he's coming up to arbitration this his final year of arbitration this year, and some people right. are saying that they shouldn't, you know, that that they shouldn't extend him. And that uh, you know, they shouldn't try and extend him, which I, at this point I don't think that they're gonna be able to because it seems pretty clear that he wants to go to free agency. So I don't think that the extension's gonna happen anyway. So that's you know, whatever. But, you know, I've also heard some people say that the White Sox might possibly not even be wanting to pay his last year of arbitration, which if that's the case, you've lost Cueto, you've lost <coughs> Giolito. Like, you know, what are you going to fill that in with Davis Martin and and what? You know? So that's yeah, uh, and what is the is the good the question? Well, Kopech technically because I now guess, you do so, have a now you but, do have a big, big uh, payroll. You know you're up there in in the top third of the league, and uh, 
not a ton coming off the books. You got a little bit coming off the books if you know they're not bringing Jose Abreu back. If those rumors are true, and it, it seems to be heading in that direction more and more, which in my opinion makes sense. I'm sorry, I love Jose, just like any other White Sox fan. For the last nine years, he has been the penultimate White Sox player, you know. Uh, but he's 36 years old, and you know the power numbers were down big time and you can say what you want about the rest of the White Sox team this season but you know when you look at a guy who's 36 years old and it's kind of you know looking like he's maybe lost a step and even looked like he lost a little bit of fire this year along with the rest of that team and that can be blamed on a lot of different factors but again he's 36 regression is due to come at some point and uh, you know to couple that with the fact that you've got three other guys on this team that can play first base or DH and there really just isn't room for them. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, thank you for everything, Jose. Thank you for the good times. Thank you for helping us get through some of the worst of times and giving us something to share about. We love you for that, but if you gotta go, you gotta go. You yeah. Know? It seems like it's about time, you know, um, it, it goes back to, you know, for me, like I look at the, uh, the bill Belichick thing, you know, where he generally tended to let guys go before they really hit that downslope on their career, you know, and kind of think that this is probably that point for Jose. You know, the power numbers have kind of dipped a little bit. You know, they dipped this year, which, I mean, granted, for the entire the entire White Sox team, they did. And it could be that next year he comes out and he blows the doors off somewhere. And, yeah, you know, there isn't. Possible. But, you know maybe the year after that. And if you sign him and you trade Vaughn because you don't want to stick him in the outfield again, you know, yeah, to what try if this and... guy blows up for the next four years. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, it's, it's a lose-lose situation. And we've talked about the roster construction of this team quite a bit. So, you know. Right. But my point of bringing Jose up in, the, in you know, originally was, again, that money's coming off the books this year. Uh, you know, there's Cueto's money is going to be coming off the books this year. There's a, a, a handful of Keiko's small money. dollar. Yeah, Keiko's money. I mean, it's not big dollars, but it's coming off. It's $18 million, uh, I mean, it's not, $16 million, but that we don't well, I thought have to this pay. Year, uh, he, I thought well, this year. Well, he's only, yeah, you're only paying Keiko, uh, I think, $150,000 this year. For yeah, whatever I reason, I don't was, I don't really understand why. Like, I, I'm not sure like where that hundred and fifty thousand dollars comes from, but that's where that's that's what's left on his contract is hundred and fifty thousand for this right. year, and we owe Abreu one million this year as well. So, right, it's like one point, you know, almost one point two million dollars that you're paying out for those two guys, regardless of whether they're here or not. I mean, I right. guess if you were to re-sign Jose for whatever reason, I'm sure that that money would get wiped out, but I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And, and, you know, you look at a projected payroll still in a neighborhood of like one. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but exactly. But I want to say it was between like 140 and 150 or somewhere in there. You know, it, it's not a small number. And you've still got some pretty gaping holes of, you know, figure out here. You've got you need a, a you need a starter. You know, your best starter this season is gone. And Johnny Cueto. I hate to say it, but he was the best pitcher we had on this team. Oh, uh, besides, uh, I mean, Cease. Well, okay, and yeah, Lynn, I'm sorry. Besides Lynn in the last month and a half, finally started to 
to get it yeah, going. Yeah, when the as knee well. started feeling better, yeah. you know, Lynn was looking pretty good. And hopefully, we get that guy, you know, the Lance Lynn that we extended. Uh, we hopefully get that guy back next season when his knee is feeling good. Hopefully, we get a, a healthy Michael Kopech. But again, you know, Lucas Giolito hasn't looked especially fantastic. And you've lost Johnny Cueto, and you've got holes to fill. And Davis Martin, you know, as good as he looked most of the time he was up, had some moments where, you know, maybe maybe it was fatigue. He's not used to going as long, but mm-hmm. I don't know. See, but that, you would that- like to see it. If you're going to compete, you would like to see them go out and get at least one more frontline starter. You would think, or two or a three. You know, you don't necessarily need a one because you got your one in Dylan Cease, but give me a two or a three somewhere to slot in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we still don't know what happened to Davis Martin on the last day of the season when he left right. the game with the biceps. So I, I mean, I'm right. not even sure what's going on with him in general. Um, so looking at spot track at the White Sox payroll for next year. Uh, their projected total payroll right now, and that's with uh, AJ Pollock opting in on his thirteen million dollar uh, player yeah, option. Pretty much, not was going to happen. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any way. I've heard other people suggest that they think that for whatever reason that he'll want to go somewhere else, and the White Sox will make his his life terrible if he sticks around and. You know, more or less, tell him, "Hey, you're not going to get any playing time, so you might as well try and find someplace else if you want to play. Otherwise, you're going to stay here and sit on the bench the entire time." I've heard that. Uh, I don't buy it. Um, just for the fact, yeah, that I don't it's, either. It's it's too large of a pay raise for him to to dip out on. I mean, after the five million dollar right. buyout, you know, you're looking at eight million dollars for next year, and I do not think that he can get. More than four. Yeah, I was going to say you're not going to be able to get a team to tack on eight on top of that five million dollar no buyout, and and then give him you know starting player innings. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I just I think that would be a, and it, again you're talking about a guy who's in the twilight of his career. You know, he's not a youngster anymore. Uh, I I think that would be a bad move in his part. You know, to do that. Yeah. You know. To heck with it. If I'm not playing every day, I'm sitting on the bench. Maybe I don't get my, you know, my qualifiers that get the bump and pay. But that $13 million base pay doesn't look so bad to sit on the bench. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, hey. I mean, and I the way this team is riddled with injuries, he might end up playing well, a ton. still end up getting some time. <coughs> um, so assuming that they that he takes his player option and that the White Sox pick up their 12.5 option on Tim Anderson, um, the estimated payroll is $176.5 million. Wow, even higher than I That's was right now. Uh, so if they let Josh Harrison Is that including walk, like, uh, arbitration estimates? That is, that is after arbitration estimates, yes. Um, so if you, let, if you let Harrison walk, you're at $170 million. And that's before they do anything. Um, so at, at that point, like how stupid... Does Joe Kelly at nine, Kendall Graveman at eight, Larry Garcia at almost six million dollars? Like, how stupid do those contracts look now? And um, you cannot convince me. That's twenty three million dollars you're that, paying a bunch yeah, of clowns. You cannot convince me that that is that those signings were not, you know, due to Tony Larusa, you know, specifically saying, 
you know, I want these extra guys and these are the guys that I want. Right. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, you know, you know how that goes, but, um, I don't know. To me, it seems like that's, you know, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper would have cost you about 30 mil a year. Yeah. He's, I think he's, I think his, uh, AAV is $27 million a year. So right, right there. And you're at 23 between those three players. Between three guys million. that netted you close to nothing. Yeah. You get, what is that, like, between the three of them, what do you get, like, one point something, one point four? Uh, I'd have to more. look that up, and I, you know what? I, I, I can I do that because uh, I enjoy do, doing stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I'm just throwing numbers out there without looking it up, but I, it, it can't be much. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, from... Kendall Graveman, you got one war. Joe Kelly, you got negative 0.6 war. So that's a positive 0.4. And then Larry Garcia, that's going to be a killer right there. Uh, Negative 1.2. And that's O war. That's not just regular. His regular war was negative 1. So you are at negative point four for all three of those guys, and that's B War from Baseball Reference. Okay, so let's see what Bryce Harper's <laughs> B War was. Bryce Harper, twenty twenty two, and you. I know Baseball Reference has got him somewhere. I want to say between two and a half and three for overall WAR. Yeah, he is at two and a half. And you so, know, here you go. Also, keep in mind he only had 426 at bats because he had a broken thumb for a while because he got hit by uh, Blake Snell, right. who was trying to sabotage him for the yeah, NLCS, but, hit- but it did not work. Let's see. Now I got to pull up his numbers here because I know he hit he, probably close to 300, 290, he somewhere hit in there. 286. Uh, uh, there you go. 364 on base. 514 slugging, so 877 OPS, 145 OPS plus. Uh, 145. Yeah, only hit 18 home runs and had uh, 65 RBIs, but he only had 370 at bats. Yeah, 18 home runs, though. Uh, Where would that rank him on the uh, White Sox uh, home run list in 2022? It's either first or second. One or the other. I can't remember how I many. I believe it would be first. I think 17. Is I that think what you finish the season with 17 or Vaughn? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. There you go. And that was after missing in 400 a month bets. and a half. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just saying, guys. And on his way to a phenomenal postseason. Well, actually, if the postseason ended today, you would call that a really spectacular postseason that he's having right now. And, uh, you know, looks like he's got a few more games to play before that's all said and done. Let's see. Grim Tall's got uh, a bunch of numbers on here. Let me see. Pollock, Graveman, Grandal, Grandal, Kelly, Larry Garcia, Jake Diekman, Harrison, and Bummer. $41.25 $41.25 million. Point three, negative point three war from all those guys. Wow. Thank you for that nugget. Yikes. I mean, I'm not happy about it, but whew, the money will be spent. 
the latest rumor on the managerial hire is that Ozzie Guillen is getting a interview with the White Sox. And since people heard that on Twitter, uh, Twitter has been, you know, White Sox Twitter has been going kind of crazy. And um, most people saying that they don't, you know, I would say probably about half and half probably that 50% don't want Ozzy and they want an actual real managerial, uh, you know, interview process. And, and then half of them are saying that they, you know, that Ozzy won a world series with the white Sox, So now they want him, you know, they're, they're fine with getting him as the manager of the team. Um, the people that have been negative about Ozzie Guillen on Twitter have been the on the butt end of an Ozzie Guillen Twitter ban fest over the last couple of days. I have seen this. And he's just been going through and just blocking everybody. And uh, taking a page out of the old uh, Steve Stone book, Steve there, Stone huh? playbook, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so when he gets, uh, when, you know, when Jr. does force that hire on Rick Hahn, regardless of whether he wants it or not, um, half of the people, you know, if he ever does tweet when he's the manager, half of the people that are on Twitter will not be able to see his tweets by that point. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's my take on the whole thing, the Ozzyian thing. I think he should interview because why not? Do I think they should hire him? Probably not. He, you know, let the man have his World Series, let him have the glory that was the 2005 season and leave the 2005 season in the past. The same people on Twitter who tell you know, Cubs fans that just keep hanging on to their stuff over there. And, oh, Dynasty, blah, 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 blah. Are the same people that want to bring back the magic from 2005. Let it go, man. Let it go. You know, we just got rid of one manager who wasn't in the dugout for nearly a decade. You want to bring a guy back who hasn't been around in uh, much longer. Or at least with the White Sox, you know. And it didn't have a whole lot of success, success after he left the White Sox. So... Uh, you know, we know that, uh, there were concerns of distractions when he was here last time. Uh, we know how outspoken he is. He still is somewhat outspoken on the uh, pre and post game shows when he's over there with Chuck and Frank. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Could he be the fire or the spark that this team needs? Possibly. But uh, I think you can find that in other candidates who are uh, a little more qualified at this stage in their careers. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, Grimtel brings up a, a point here. says, uh, did fans forget how badly he quit on the team? And that that's my, that's my main thing here, is that you've seen how Ozzie Guillen operates when – you know, he, he normally has a chip on his shoulder, which is part of the reason why he was a good manager. But you see what happened when he had a chip on his shoulder with the front office 
and the you know back and forth between him and Kenny and how the roster construction that he did not care for you saw how he handled it in his last season before he was let go and you know one of the things that people say a lot is that um you know that Ozzy wouldn't let this team quit you know, and he would have been riding these guys and all this stuff. And then, but I mean, if you actually go back and look at his last season here, it was pretty much anything but that. And, you know, then he went down to, you know, down to the Marlins. And that did not end well either. Yeah, it did not. It, it, it was, uh, it, it was probably actually worse down there than it was here. I mean, people were calling for his head down there. You know, Marlins fans, you want to talk pitchforks and torches? That's what they were doing in Miami down there. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was, uh, it it didn't end well at all. Yeah, no, the Marlins thing was funny. I will agree with that. You know, I will agree that, that for me, from the outside, you know, as a White Sox fan, I I found the whole thing kind of humorous. But then again, I'm not you know a Cuban American, and uh, didn't flee Castro's regime, and uh, did not flee. You know, uh, I'm not you know from Venezuela either, and didn't uh, flee the guy who you know Ozzy likes down there, who's along the same lines. Um, right. Yeah, I just you know it's a, the whole thing. You know, try and keep it. Uh, you know, your politics, you know, separate from, from baseball talk. Yeah. Let's and, keep baseball, baseball and everything else, everything yeah. else, you know, I, I do like uh, a group doll. Did the fans forget that he wanted Kotze over? Tell me I did not forget. <laughs> uh, I did not forget that at all. And, uh, you know, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this recently and we had a nice laugh over that. Cause you know, Jim Tomey came over and, and did some things that uh, made fans happy. Mark Kotze, not so much. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> What's up, Pusher? How you doing? Uh, I had to uh, remind some of – well, not remind, but I had to uh, put out some knowledge on, on Twitter earlier this uh, – well, actually late last week when somebody brought up that JR will never sign a superstar in his prime. And I said – Au contraire, Pierre, JR did sign a superstar in his prime. His name was Albert Bell. I was going to say for one season. Yeah. Well, no, two. Two. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a five-year, $55 million deal, which made Albert Bell the first player to make over $10 million a year. First time it had ever happened. And... Um, after the second year where Bell hit 49 home runs, he voluntarily let him walk a year early from his opt-out from the team and, uh, f- you know, avoided paying the rest of that contract. So. Yep. Um, so, on the other hand, uh, so... Still, the only thing that we've heard is uh, the only people that we've heard that have definitely 
interviewed for the job are Espada and Griefall from the Royals, who does not really fit in, you know, with the qualifications that were given. Um, Espada does, but he is one of four finalists in Florida. Miami. Yeah. And um, we also know that uh, it's entirely possible, uh, you know, you know, whatever they're saying right now at this particular moment, um, but the Yankees job could be open here soon. And that's a little bit more of a high profile job than the White Sox. Uh, indeed. So Andy, you want to be center stage with the spotlight on you? That's where you're going. Yeah. If the Yankees job ends up uh, being in a job opening, regardless of whoever the first choice of the White Sox is, uh, more than likely is probably going to not get that candidate if the Yankees want that candidate. Right. That's going to be, uh, you know, whoever they offer it to, uh, whoever it gets offered to, that, that coach is going to take that spot. And might even take it for a little bit less money because of the things that it could do for their career. Yeah, I have heard, uh, you know, on MLB Network that Dusty is coming back in Houston. Is that uh, is that accurate? I think that was accurate, is that he is that, coming back for uh, 2023. Yeah, I heard the same thing, at least one more year. So... <laughs> And I've also heard that uh, Terry Francona is also coming back to the Guardians next year. But I, but then again, I've also heard a bunch of people say that if Dusty wins the World Series this year, he's done. That he's done. Which I don't know. That flies in the face I mean, of the what, report I saw. Three, I think. I think he's seventy-three years old, and you know he's been doing this a long time. I could see him going out on top, but. How often do we see that, uh, you know, he only took the job in, in Houston in 2020. Uh, now he's in his second full season, I guess you would say, as manager of the Astros. And they're right back in it. And they haven't lost a playoff game yet this year, postseason game. Uh, how often do oh, we see? they lost see... to the Mariners. Did they? Yeah. Oh, why am I thinking they they were undefeated so far? No, I no you're right. It. They did. I think they lost, or maybe it, they they've won. They, it was was a game one against the Mariners. Might have been. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. They yeah, they probably won't just run off a bunch straight from there. Uh, anyway, uh, my point is is that uh, you know how often do we see whether it be coaches or players, instead of going out on top in their prime, they come back and try to force, you know, one or two more glory years out there. And, you know, it becomes obvious that maybe that wasn't the best choice. Now it's granted, it's different with coaches. Uh, you know, those guys aren't out there on the field every day performing the same way a player does, but you know, I, I could see dusty walking away on top with, uh, you know, another ring and uh commissioner's trophy, but you never know. 
Yeah, I mean, anything's entirely po- anything's possible, you know. I guess we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, I'm hoping that the Phillies, you know, smack them in the mouth. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that the Phillies do a lot better than the Yankees. And uh, so their I'm fans, hoping. though, man, it's hard to get behind the Phillies the way their fans act. But although, you know, the Strohs fans have done some uh, unsavory things this season to celebrate celebration wise, you know, I was uh, wrong. They did not lose well, to the Mariners. They won three nothing. So I was yeah, wrong. So I'm pretty sure they're undefeated in this postseason so far. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense because they only played in the ALDS and then they just swept the uh, the ALCS. So if they go, you know, if they go and sweep the Phillies, they'll be eleven and zero, which would be unfortunate. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure would. But again, uh, that might be the time to get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're gonna get out on top, that's the that's the time to do it. Yeah. Let's see. Zach Hampton yeah. just and you got know, here's the thing about all this stuff. An elderly woman and three kids. Yikes. <sighs> you know Zach Hample? Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, piece of work. Knocking over elderly women and kids to get home run balls. And the dude's like 45 years old. Unbelievable. You're, you're, phased, you're phasing on me here. Yeah, that's because I got drop frames again. Oh, no. These yeah. servers are We're just killing dropping us. Dropping like frames servers again. Servers are garbage this Monday. Hoy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of managerial uh, rumors out there. But, really, at this point, that's all they are because – you know, one person says they've got sources, and another person says they've got sources, and another person says they got sources, and all three of those guys that are tweeting these things that I know for a fact because I heard from my sources are all saying different things. Yep. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's rumors until anybody gets signed. I, you know, again, I'm just going to, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I just hope the White Sox do their due diligence and don't just hire some bum because he's familiar. You know, this this insular, uh, familiar face that's, you know, fans are going to love it, you know, because there's just so many fans out there like, yeah, bring back our old White Sox guys. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm more along the lines of bring me somebody who's got a little bit of proven history and, uh, you know, some smarts. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's I, done it a little bit here and there. Yeah. I mean, after we had our... Uh, after we had our stream last week, there was just like this weird tweet that just popped up that said, I, you know, it was like absolutely nobody asked. And I think it was, uh, was it, it might have been, it's either Daryl Von Scowen or, uh, or Merkin. I can't remember which one, but one of them just tweeted out, Jim Tomey would be a good manager. And it just set off this, you know, implosion on White Sox Twitter about Jim Tomey becoming the next manager, despite not having any managerial experience whatsoever. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, for the last, I don't even know how many years, he's just been a, uh, uh, 
you know, a team consultant, or he's not even a consultant. He's a ambassador. Ambassador. Yeah. A brand ambassador to promote the White Sox. Shake hands with uh, corporate advertising partners and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, he did some things for the White Sox. Uh, He did. But the thing is, is that he is, in my eyes, you know, I mean, yeah, he did play for the White Sox, and I enjoyed his time on the White Sox. However, um, absolutely, Indians and Phillies. You know? So, you know, this thing that he's a, uh, you know, a, a White Sox treasure is not exactly accurate. I mean, besides the fact that I do, and I, I like Jim Tomey, and... From all accounts that I've heard, he is a phenomenal gentleman. However, he was only here for a few years. He was in Cleveland for a long time. Right. And then he was with the Phillies for just about as long as he was with the White Sox. I'm almost I'm almost positive. So, you know, I don't really I mean, understand yeah, that. I mean, if he was this, this huge White Sox... Uh, yeah, I don't know what you want to call him. I mean, if you want to, you're not. We're not putting him on the Mount Rushmore of, of White Sox players. He did some fantastic things, and I was purely joyful to watch him play and hit some really big home runs for the White Sox while uh, playing first base and DHing for this team. But uh, you know, uh, if he were really the monster that people want to make him out to be, the the, the beast of a player in a White Sox uniform. Well, his bust in the uh, in the Hall of Fame would uh, be wearing a Sox cap, and tis not. So. It is not, and you know, there's also the fact that he's going to be the you know he's the president of the Hall of Fame as well. So that's right. kind of also you know like a another weird one for him to uh, to walk away from. I mean, not that it's like a huge deal, but you know, it's something um, that is not team specific. You know. And it's probably yeah, right. a, a decent job, you know, like he's making money from it, I'm sure. Um, and he probably has a lot less stress from that than he would for uh, managing a baseball team, which he's never done before. Uh, yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah, this, you know, not that this really surprises me, but again, you know, here we go. You know, everybody was very afraid of what would happen this time after what happened last time with the managerial search slash hire. I, I can say that I am uh, part of that group afraid. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. I have butterflies in my gut talking about it right now. Uh, you know, I, I grit my teeth and and pray for the best. But uh, as you said earlier in this stream, you know when Uncle Jerry forces his hire on a one Mister Rick Hahn, we'll know exactly who that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if I mean, then and only then. Yeah, I've heard that with Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams in the front ho- front office that. There's no way that Ozzy Guillen's going to get hired again. I've heard that. Um, how much truth there is to that, I don't really know. Um, and I don't think you really could know other than, uh, you know, if you were literally working in, you know, one of the top five or six people that work for the club. I don't think anybody else could really 
have any information that would actually be viable other than right. people that are involved. Um, so I can't say one way or the other. Um, I know there's there's a, one of the guys from uh, 670 to score tweeted out that he, you know, he's, I think he said, for what it's worth, the White Sox are not going to hire Joe Espada. I did see that yesterday, I believe. And, I, and again, you know, okay. So your buddy yeah, who's, source you know, works over there. I mean, I mean, it could. I mean, could a hundred percent be that you know he talked directly to Rick Hahn because they they're buddy buddy. But I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, there's, you know, just like everything else, you know, with the White Sox, we have absolutely zero input, and our opinions do not matter. And um, um, disconnecting, reconnecting, successful. Man. Hey, dropping more and more frames, huh? Jeez Louise. Yeah, man, it's brutal. Yeah, Grimtall. R.I.P. frames. Yeah, this this uh, these servers tonight are just awful. I'm just hemorrhaging frames. Not quite sure what the heck's going on. Hey, but. you know, this is one of those things that is completely out of our control so we do the best we can with what we got going on here uh you know you just hope that the uh, streaming service you're using doesn't uh dump all over your stream you know yeah <laughs> yeah grimtall's asking me if my gpu is overheating i do not believe it is this is a, uh, oh, you're potatoing. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And it shows oh, you were that. just really still. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just. Uh... So anyway, you paying attention <laughs> yeah. to this Bears game at all night? I am not. I'm not looking. I, I, you're a Packers fan, right? Yep. Hey, so you really don't care anyway. No, I don't really. I mean, to be to be fair, I don't really pay attention to football much anymore. Um. I mean, I watch I watch football, and I'm in a fantasy league. Um, but to be honest, I don't really, I don't let it bother me anymore. You play, yeah, but you play fantasy for the smack talk amongst friends. Don't I you? don't even do you it really, for smack talk. I, I literally do it just to talk to my friends. That's pretty much about it. There you go. All yeah, right. I don't I don't like uh, really engage in any of that stuff because generally that stuff is uh, centered around football. And I really don't care very much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Matt LaFleur has signed a four-year, $15 an hour deal with McDonald's. Thank you, John (laughs) Riddles. That's... Man, you you might have a comedian on your... Oh, I got a a real smart guy, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he likes... likes, Riddles! Coming up with uh, smart Alec things to say, and I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I've had a little snicker a couple of times tonight from a uh, John Rudel's quip. Yeah, let me see. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna look here. Uh, they're winning thirty three to fourteen over the Patriots. Look at that. And they are on the one, yeah, the two. second oh. and goal on the New England five victory formation. Running Uh-oh. out the clock. Well, all right then. Game over. 
All right. I just figured I'd throw it out there because I can't believe that uh, this team put up 33 points. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised. So, you know, I watched part of the first half, you know, here and there when I could. I was, uh, like I said, I was late getting on to uh, get prepared for our show. And like you, I care less about this Bears season anyway. I want to see what... uh, I want to see what our our new GM is going to do with a buttload of uh, cap space. He does have a ton of cap space. I did see that today. Next season. And, you know, the NFL, one of the things the NFL, I think, does right is they have a cap floor that they have to commit to uh, every season. So that coupled with uh, some early uh, draft picks, which the Bears have not had in some time after the uh, Khalil Mack trade, uh, and <laughs> trade for uh, you know our last bus quarterback. Uh, you know I just want to see what our new GM is going to do with that kind of money and those kind of draft picks and see what happens. Right now, I really could care less about what the Bears do. <laughs> I couldn't care less. I should say. Yeah, Grimtall says. Uh, he said, "Can he loan that money to the Sox?" Well, sure, he could loan it to him. Doesn't mean Jerry's going to spend any of it. Yeah, well, I mean, fair enough, and he probably wouldn't take a loan either because that would mean that there would be interest on that, and we know that he's not going to uh, want to have to pay back anything with interest. I mean, he didn't even want to pay for his own stadium. So, Right. You know, uh, and if there was a cap floor at baseball, uh, probably would uh, spend a, quite a bit of money on bullpen anyway. So, you know. Get a stable floor levers down in, in the minor league system that uh, look like they're probably capable. There might even be a handful, you know, couple, two, three guys down there that uh, could sling it even. But uh, now we're going to go out and sign $17, $25 million every offseason. Kenley and, uh, Jansen, three years, $35 million. Sounds about right. There you go. Oh, I'd say yeah. three years, 36 I mean, let's just round it off to 12 a year. Why not? Right? Why not? Why not? Yeah, who are even who even are the free agents the Sox can sign in theory, even if we all know they won't? Well, I mean, there are a ton of shortstops available. One from your uh, your Dodgers, Grimtall. We got Trey Turner's available, um, which that's going to be too rich for the White Sox. Um, and people Wouldn't will say, well, longer uh, Gene Segura move. Yeah, well, John Rudel says that the White Sox are signing uh, Colton Wong to a, a deal. Now, I you know, I don't. I know wouldn't where. be upset. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be upset. I guess, but I, you know, I don't. I certainly wouldn't be excited. I mean, uh, Colton Wong, five years, thirty million dollars, is what John Rudel says. Six million dollars a year. So, um, I mean, basically you'd be replacing Josh Harrison with Colton Wong. I mean, well, like realistically, like what's the point is my opinion. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're just at that point, you're literally just switching the, the letters on the back of the Jersey. It's not much of a, a difference, you know, one way or the other for one guy or the other. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I mean, Colton Wan's a couple of years younger. No, yeah, he's younger, lot. but the production's not really, eh, you know. It's, I yeah, I mean, it's it's a slight bump up from Josh Harrison, but there's it's nothing to write home about for sure. Yeah, I'm going to 
I'm I'm just making sure that I'm not misremembering here. I am not misremembering. Although this year he was better, this particular year he was better than Josh Harrison as far as uh, WRC plus. Um. I'm gonna, well, it's hard not to do to be better. Not really. Harrison. Josh Harrison didn't put up bad numbers, really. Um, I mean, he wasn't. I mean, was he good? Not particularly. His WRC but, plus was below league average. Yeah, ninety eight, which isn't terrible. And Colton Wong was one sixteen this year. But you know, for his for his career, Josh Harrison's a ninety six for his career, and Colton Wong is a one hundred. So, yeah, right. Like I said, it's it's a slight bump, but nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's like you know. Okay, so you're. Gonna, <laughs> you, I mean, you will get you will get some more home runs out of him. That's the one thing that you will get is you'll get a little bit more power out of his bat. But Colton Wong's 32. Right, he's not a bunch of years younger. Than yeah, I mean, he's three years younger. Um, you're going to get a little bit more power out of him. Both of them have good gloves. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, it wouldn't excite me. Um, it would be fine. And as Grimtall says, let Gonzalez play. Romy has earned it. I agree. I would much rather see Romy and, you know, payroll, whatever. But, I mean, he's making league minimum. So you're going to replace Romy, who probably could put up a, you know, like a 105 or 110 WRC+. plus. I would think, you know, you would hope if he didn't excel, he could put that up and you're going to pay $6 million a year to Colton Wong instead. Like what's, I, I just don't, I, I personally, I just I don't get where you're going. going. Get where you're going. So what are the other, what are some of the other free agents that, you know, if, if we're looking at like say Romy or someone in the system for, you know, the infield, where do you think a, uh, left fielder let's say might be found oh i'm bringing up the uh i'm bringing up the uh the stuff right now and this this and i say left fielder because i'm assuming that oscar colas is gonna be guy in in right field you know i would think so but where's pollock going fourth outfielder the the highest paid fourth outfielder in baseball pretty terrible fourth outfielder too he's not very good defensively anymore he's old and slow right uh, Michael Brantley available again, left-handed hitter. Um, I will be 100% shocked at this point if he doesn't stay in Houston because that is, it seems pretty clear to me that that's where he wants to be. Right. Uh, you've got Joey DeGaio is available again after his, uh, trips to the Yankees and then to the Dodgers. He is now a free agent. Um, you have Andrew Benintendi, which everybody seems to be uh, enamored with. Um, I don't. He's he's a streaky kind of up and down kind of guy. You know? I just I don't. Uh, to me, I it doesn't move the needle for me, and especially right. at the uh, estimated AAV of seventeen and a half million dollars. The White Sox are not paying seventeen and a half million dollars for for Andrew Benintendi. There's there's no, no. way. Especially having AJ Pollock on the roster at thirteen million dollars a year, they're certainly not going to. Yes, Rizzo's contract is up; he is a free agent now. Um, Tommy Pham, no, thank you. 
Nope. Um, David Peralta. No thanks. Jerks and Profar. Uh, I mean, he's estimated at fifteen million. Uh, that's not happening either. They're no. not paying fifteen million dollars for Jerks and Profar. Uh, Jack Peterson for the eighteenth time is available for the White Sox to sign. <laughs> uh, his market value is estimated at fourteen point seven. Um, if we really want to have fun, let's sign Tommy Pham and Jack Peterson at the same time, and then they can fight in the outfield over fantasy football. <laughs> ah, I was waiting for that. Uh, yeah, and you know, this would be the time that the, the enamored White Sox fans that want Jock Peterson so bad would get him, and lo and behold, the regression that everybody's been talking about sets in. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Cole Calhoun, Corey Dickerson, uh, <laughs> Tyler Naquin, Chad Pinder, Alex Dickerson, who was... Uh, with the Braves, signed a minor league, uh, signed a contract, and then was in uh, AAA for pretty much all of the entire year, and then was released, or or he elected for free agency, whichever whichever way you want to go. Travis Demerit, uh, Demerit, Dem- Demerit, however you say it, uh, Atlanta also. Socrates Brito. Does that move any needles for you? Socrates Brito. I mean, a great, great name anyway. Um, wow, yeah. I don't know if you'd call it a great baseball name, but it's a great name. A guy who is named after diaper rash cream, Destin Hood. And then... Uh, Desitin. Der- Desitin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Just stop yourself. <laughs> and then uh, D- Daryl Alvarez from the Orioles. That's what you're looking at for left fielders. So I've got a bunch of guys that the White Sox are not going to pay. Joey DeGaio's uh, market value is estimated around $9 million. Um, At guaranteed rate, as a left-hander, he would probably hit 40 home runs. However, I also feel like those would be his only 40 hits of the year. Although they are the, the shift is gone next year, so maybe he might have 40 singles as well to go with his 300 strikeouts. Andrew McCutcheon yeah. is available. Kenny GM always gets his man. That's true. Cesar Hernandez Coach. is available. Yes. You know what? I would have taken Kutch a few years ago. But uh, they decided to go with uh, Adam Eaton, I think, that year. After they yeah, decided to not Eaton. spend money on Bryce Harper, they didn't spend any real money, and they said, "We like <laughs> and we we like Adam Eaton's grit." And uh, he came here, and he was um, like poop with sand in it. That's that's how gritty he was. I mean, you know, he had a good first some week. moments. He had some moments. That first we're week talking, was great. We're, we're talking the second. Uh, first first stint was all right. Yes, first stint was fine. Second stint, <laughs> yeah, not no, so much. terrible. Yeah. Uh, let's see. As far as uh, let's see, we got for center fielders. You've got Kevin Kiermeyer, Kevin Pilar, Michael Hermosillo, Magnaris Sierra, Lewis Brinson. Man, Lewis Brinson. I remember when he was supposed to be the next guy. There was a point in time where Byron Buxton and Lewis Brinson were essentially the same guy. 
neither one of them could manage to hit that potential that everybody said that they were always going to have. And well, Lewis, you know, Buxton's problem was he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, well, like, that ever. Of course, there is that, but you know, Lewis Brinson, he had a few injuries as well, but he also just he never, you know, eventually Buxton, you know, had a yeah. Buxton, when he's healthy, is is pretty stinking good. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is available. Kenny GM JBJ. always gets his guy. JBJ might be that guy. And uh, he's only making $700,000. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking for that left-handed bat, I'm not looking for that left-handed bat. Um, <laughs> Billy the Hitter is uh, available. Oh, um, Billy the Hitter. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, year, a couple, couple of stolen bases in there, maybe. Yeah, he would do that. Um, let's see. Uh, singer for corn is available. Jonathan Davis. Um, and a uh, guy who was on the, uh, who was last on the Charlotte Knights, Mikey Matuk, former Detroit Tiger great, also available. So not really a whole lot there. Um, and then right field, let's take a look there. Uh, Aaron Judge. So that's pretty much it. I mean, that's that's the guy, right? We're just going to. Well, for right field? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, it. It's our guy. That's who we're getting. Why not? $37.961 million market uh, estimated value. <laughs> $40 million a year for that guy. Not a chance. Not a snowball's chance in a campfire, let alone anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my breath for the seat at the table. On that one, for sure. Yeah. Um let me take a look, see here. Uh yeah, so uh you can have your very own Will Myers from San Diego because that's what just what the White Sox need. That guy was terrible. Um, Adam Duvall is apparently uh, available somehow. Mitch Haniger is available. Uh, estimated value fifteen million. Um, he finally had a healthy season this year with the Mariners and um, had a good year. However, you know White Sox luck that. Last year, uh, this year with the Mariners would be his only healthy season, and the four-year deal that he signs with the White Sox, he'd be injured every year. Um, Robbie Grossman, you know, who's, Ben Who Gamble. says that any of these guys can even play left field? You know, going from right field to left field, especially at, at the G rate. Ooh, Michael Conforto forgot about that one. That's a that's a good one, right? I keep yeah, keep on hearing field. how he fits with the Sox so well. Sure. Yeah, not when he wants $20 million. He doesn't fit with the White Sox very well. Right. 176, that one signing brings us to 196. Sure. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, So, uh, you know, like in, so outfield, I don't know. Fegan thinks the Sox buy out Pollock. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible, you know, that they give him this $5 million buyout and then, Give them some extra money then, to just walk away. That's entirely possible. And then they spend at eight million. They're saving on a reliever. 
I like the way you think. I think uh, you got uh, assistant GM written all over you. I was Big time say, potential. I'm my resume together for uh, White Sox front office right now. Big time potential. Uh, let's see. Second let's, baseman. Let's here. Uh, Gene Segura will be a free agent. Uh, his salary this year is seventeen million dollars, but his estimated market value is about five. Uh, Colton Wong, it's saying six point seven five. For him, for his estimated value, he will be a free agent. Uh, Adam Frazier, the one that everybody wanted to trade uh, Andrew Vaughn and Luis Robert for. I don't know if that's a deal everybody was saying to make, but they wanted. They were willing to give up a lot to get uh, the great Adam Frazier. Uh, he is available. Market value, $10 million. Josh Harrison will be available. Yeah, Market I mean, this value, is... League minimum. Yeah, this is just a bunch of... Ryan Goins, remember him? White Sox oh, had yeah. him for a little bit, and he actually played a couple of games for the White Sox coming up from uh, the Knights. Uh, he's available. Um, yeah, Rugged Odor from the uh, the Orioles, he's available. Runed! Sorry, yeah. that, I, you know what? Take that back because I reserved that one for Rudels. Yeah, uh, we also have uh, Yolmer Sanchez is available. Yolmer. Oh, also, uh, and man, there is a lot of ex-White Sox on this. So we got Cesar Hernandez, Josh Harrison, Ryan Goins, Yolmer Sanchez, and Alan Hansen are all wow. on the free agent second baseman list. That is, that's pretty impressive. Mm. All right. Yeah, so the thing that I heard somebody else mention is that there's a lot of shortstops available that you could possibly move. My problem is is that the ones that are available, the White Sox will not pay for. Well, the ones that move the needle anyway. Yeah, Trey Turner, uh, Xander Bogarts, Dansby, Dansby Swanson. Uh, Jose. Oh, I would, out of all three of those, I'd take Dansby over any of them. Well, great glove. Just me. You know, um, Fantastical I, glove. I personally would take Trey Turner. But, uh, yeah, that's fine. And, you know, Dansby Swanson's glove came around ah, pretty much right around the same time that Ron Washington joined the Braves. Weird, huh? Organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh, you got Jose Iglesias, uh, Aledmus Diaz, uh, Tim Anderson, if his contract isn't picked up. Uh, I, I hear Adrianza, Elliot Soto, Richie Martin, Devin Marrero, Elvis Andrus. Uh, is available. So listen, Adrianza is a shortstop. I thought he played most of his time at third. Uh, Adrianza? Yeah. Adri- Adriana, Adriana Furs? What is it? And Adriana Furs. Yeah. yeah. Um, JT we'll Riddle. On that. uh, it's our... Uh, it's that, our uh, Jason and Steve moment. That that'll be our uh, that'll be the commercial that'll go in between these two segments. I'll just go ahead and throw there the you. Andrianifers thing in there. There you go. Uh, we've got uh, JT Riddle, who I actually, it's possible that JT Riddle is actually Voldemort. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, Franklin Barreto. It will be available, uh, and Jose Peraza. So there's a bunch of uh, there's there's three guys that we'd actually want, and, and will not pay for those three guys are exactly the three ones that we would never spend money on because they all cost more than twenty million dollars a year. Which Sweet. actually, uh, I did um, happen to put this out on. 
Twitter, which, you know, a lot of people probably know this, but um, the White Sox have not yet had a $20 million a year player. So that's awesome. You, you don't say. Yeah. Uh, the closest that we came was Jose Abreu, uh, I think last year, or maybe it was this year. He made 18, and then he had like 1.6 in a signing bonus, I think. So he was at 19.6, and he's the closest that we've ever come to $20 million. Uh, the first guy that's actually going to make over $20 million is slated to be Yohan Mankata in 2023 and 24, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Russa does not make any money um, as he retired, so he comes off of the White Sox payroll, but he was making $4 million a year for that nonsense that uh, you just saw on the field this year. So, uh, yeah, but he does not make any money anymore unless they uh, bump him to some advisory role just so he gets his $4 million paycheck. Advisory emeritus. Like, stay home and take that role and that paycheck. Which is far different from Papa Emeritus, who threw out the first pitch at the White Sox game. Oh, The singer for Ghost. Yeah, completely different. uh, Yeah. Came in his uh, his full uh, full makeup and and uni was uh, was quite the spectacle. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, advisor emeritus, Papa emeritus, two completely separate people, not the same person. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's what you're looking at. I mean, there there is three guys: Dansby, Xander, and Trey. White Sox are not getting any three of the any one of those three, um, unless. They do trade Tim Anderson to somebody uh, for his, you know, we had talked about this before that it wouldn't, you know, this is probably the time to trade him if you're going to do so because he's got two years of team-friendly contract and you could probably get something nice for him. And then in the money that you would save, maybe, you know, they put out some money for a, a Dansby or something like that. But I yeah. have absolutely zero uh, confidence. Yeah. I have, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no hope in that. I mean, if they trade, if they trade Tim Anderson, it's going to be just a safe payroll <clears throat> and get some prospects. That's, that's my <laughs> Which is a damn shame. Yeah. Cause I, you know, he's the kind of guy that could garner major league talent ready to uh, make an impact on the team right now. But you well, know, I mean, as we've talked about in streams past, that uh, generally when the White Sox go up a large tick in payroll, the following year they go down uh, a tick in payroll. So, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to go down a whole lot because of, you know, remaining contracts that we, we've talked about earlier in this uh, in this particular episode. But uh, I don't expect them to uh, make any huge jumps in payroll, unless uh, unless they're going to do something completely out of the box for uh, you know what history tells us with this team anyway. Yeah, as Grimtall points out, uh, Ricky GM already said trades are the best way this off season, which I mean, I guess the best way for you to save money, maybe. And get something useful. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Tim Anderson to try and get an outfielder. Uh, you know, I get beat up for this one a lot, but I'm like, I'll go ahead, pull that trigger. Don't get me wrong. 
Again, just like I talked about, I was Jose O'Brien. Tim Anderson is one of those guys that uh, you know you you're thankful for have had been able to watch him the past few years. You know, this year being the outlier, obviously because uh, you know drama and injuries and whatnot. But uh, you know, for a few years there, after winning the batting title, he was in the top three or four. You know, the following couple of seasons in batting average, although you know on base percentage doesn't really jump off the page. But, uh, you know, he gave the White Sox and the fans something to cheer about. You know, he gave us some excitement. Uh, you know, the whole change the game thing and the bat flips and the attitude and all that stuff, was it was great. But, you know, this is one of those moments where I talked about earlier. You kind of can't fall in love with these guys if you want to get true value out of them. And this is one of those moments with that team friendly contract where you can get some real value back for Tim Anderson could and still fill that hole. But you know, beat me up, go ahead and at me. I, I'm, I'm here for it. Yes. Get I'll, in, I'll, I'll get argue this one. I'm blue. His my mentions. Uh, at Denny Miller, WSD on Twitter. If you want to get into his mentions, um, that's where to do it. That's me. That's me. If that Reddit thread was legit, they'd probably break up the Cuban family. I mean, it's possible. Um, it is. But, I mean, realistically, if you're talking about that at this point, uh, the only <coughs> members of the Cuban family that are left are Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess Oscar Colas is on his way, but he's not technically here yet. Jose Abreu's gone. So, uh Papa Emeritus? I guess you could say he is the Papa Emeritus because he is the, uh, you know, honorary father of the Cuban family. Um, there you go. Plus, El- plus Eloy, even though he isn't Cuban. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's from, he's he's not from Cuba. Uh, so, I, I, you know, uh, I did... Uh, we we actually went through that uh, that Reddit thread last week. I think it was it last week. I'm pretty sure it was last week. Well, we yeah, there. a little bit. We did. It's last week or the week before. It was recent. Either way, we did kind of go through that. Yeah, week. I mean, I kind of yeah. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much of it, how much stock I put in any of it, but yeah, there was some pretty, you know, if if how much water that story holds. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty nasty. But I mean, I don't know. I don't even know this guy. He was like a, you know, I don't know. He worked at Jiffy Lube in the day, and he was at the hospital at night or something. Goofy Lube, yeah. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, whatever whatever he was, he, the guy had two, like, part-time jobs and apparently talked to some folks in the hospital. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I don't, uh, I mean. Good, good source in the White Sox organization. Yeah, while most, I was changing bedpans. Most of the stuff sounded plausible, <laughs> you know. Like I did, yeah. But none of none of the plausible stuff wasn't stuff that we hadn't already, you know, prognosticated on and thought maybe. Well, you know, we this is stuff we've been talking about for months. Anything that sounded like it was a possibility, and it wasn't just us talking about it. There were a lot of people talking about. It. So it wasn't like it was any kind of crazy news, you know. Good for you for uh, breaking something that's six months old, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you're not wrong. Um, but it did get the world talking a little bit. There were a lot of people out there talking about that Reddit thread. Yeah, there were a handful of new bullet points on there that you know hadn't really been discussed, but the ones that were newer and hadn't been discussed were the ones that didn't really seem like there was truth to them or you know there at least was questions surrounding them i'll say that yeah um i mean i guess we'll see you know uh this this is a, I, I don't really i expect some changes this year after what happened last year but i don't really know how many moves of actual impact are coming you know i mean yeah. if they if they tank again in 2023 i mean no doubt there'll be a lance lynn you know like uh lance lynn and liam Hendricks will go in the uh trade deadline if you know if that happens and yeah. that, you know like that that brings up a whole nother rumor that was all over twitter's that well not rumor but a thing that other people were talking about which was trading liam Hendricks because he actually has value because he's got that uh that you know, if he's traded his, uh, you know, the 2024 season automatically vests. So it's essentially trading a two-year closer if they were to trade him now. And he's got a pretty decent contract. So that would get you some, get you something back in return. Get you some return. But again, you know, uh, good closers are not exactly fine all the time. Yeah, it's true. So, but if they're terrible, that. if they start off terrible again, you know, right. Who knows? No, and you know, and then you know, we'll start hearing about the retool at that point. We're not going to rebuild. We're just we're going to tweak some things. And uh, well, but at that point, if if they tank again this year, you can pretty much call the rebuild a complete and utter failure. Yep. And uh, you know, now these uh, rookie contracts that are coming to an end, or or the the rookie extensions that are are now coming up to uh, possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, either let them go or extend them off from another contract again. All that stuff's coming up. The window is not. Uh, it, it opened. Where you know we pretty much said like this year was the heart of the opening of that window, and we fell on our face. There isn't a lot of time left, and the rest of the division is making moves. So, yep. You know if they fall this year, it's over. It's done. And if I hear about a retooling and they fall, I'm you know sad. It's at this point, it's time to burn it all down again. But it, you know, I don't think I'm going to put as much into uh, a full-on rebuild as I did this past one because uh, we see how that went. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of anxiety <laughs> for us fans who are really invested in that kind of thing, who who really dive deep into the information that's out there. And uh, you know, I I don't think I can handle the. Uh, uh, the ulcers that come with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If this, uh, you know, if they do end up coming out in 2023 and just fall flat on their face, um, I might have a uh, a breakdown. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Wouldn't want to be the guy in the uh, the ticket office trying to uh, hawk them old season ticket packages right now. Hey, <laughs> Grimtall, I don't think you can rebuild twice with the same front office. 
you're probably right. Have you met Jerry Reinsdorf? You're probably right. I he mean, you can. Hasn't you can't met an much. employee that he doesn't love with all of his heart and want to keep within arm's reach for the rest of his life. So, I would say that it's probable that uh, <laughs> you have not met him. Oh, okay. Um, I would say that it's probable that you would get a second rebuild from Rick Hahn before you would get a fired Rick Hahn. What about a quit Rick Hahn? What about a moving on to other advantages? Well, if we're looking at um if if Jerry oversteps him again and forces another hire, um it's entirely possible that he could walk after after this year. If he doesn't walk before the year, if there's a an opening somewhere. I mean, I'm just saying, at some point, you know, we had this talk a couple of weeks ago that, you know, last time that it happened, it was not your choice. However, if you, if it happens again and you stick with it and you still stick around, you're complicit, you know? You are, uh, yeah, you are part of the issue if you stick around. And I right. know that Rick Hahn has said that, you know, if he feels that he can't do the job, he'll, he'll let him, he'll be the first person to let everybody know and he'll step down. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I think that that's completely <laughs> utter garbage and uh, he's not going anywhere, regardless of whether he sucks at his job or not. You know, I mean, I, I would like to believe that. A lot of these moves were out of his hands or were forced on him by TLR or forced on him by Jerry. But at the end of the day, if this stuff keeps on happening and he's still here, then he's got no spine or he's part or he's completely okay with the moves. Yeah. Either uh, one's not good. I kind of, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. You know, unlike the 2022 White Sox organization, I feel like uh, we as fans were probably going to have to uh, hold the team to some accountability, including Rick Hahn, if that uh, doesn't happen. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of putting that accountability on him now. There's a lot of people that are already done calling him a fraud at this point. And, you know, we talked about this before. I, you know, much like you, agree that I want to see what happens this season before I call him a, a complete fraud. Now the TLR is gone. Uh, you know, we talked about that feel of how things changed when Tony was hired. Now that Tony is gone, you've got one season to win me back. You know, I, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt this, this off season and this, this coming season, but that's it. One season. Uh, you're, I'm not, if if I don't see some things in this off season or even during the season next year, I yeah I'm gonna hold you 100 percent accountable and I probably won't spend a dime anywhere near your stadium or your team. Yeah, that's you know that's uh, the gist I'm, of it. I'm done giving you my money for you know subpar product. Yeah, I'm I overpaying. Mean, I'm it, overpaying for for 
garbage. Yeah, and we are being far nicer than most everybody else who is calling for his head. I'm saying this is the last this is the last straw this this year. Absolutely. Because if this thing goes pear-shaped this year and this this uh this off season's terrible. That's it, man. Then I'm I'm right there with, you know, pitchfork and torch just like everybody else. I've been you know, I thought that he was uh a smarter gentleman than some of these moves. And if this continues like this, then either A, talent evaluation is bad. Uh and, you know, and the thing is is that he's you know, he's not a he's not a baseball guy. You know, he's a a financial a business guy, you know, lawyer. Um he's relying he's on other people to evaluate his talent. And, you know, at some point you have to start questioning Okay, well, who made your draft picks when you were "quote unquote" tanking uh, from 2016 to you know 2019 or whatever? Who made those picks? Nick Hostetler. Okay, now who took over free agent talent evaluation when the window opened? Nick Hostetler. Right. I'm just saying. You know, is and you know, nice guy, but I'll tell you what, the free agents that we've gotten here on the South Side of Chicago, the draft picks that we got when we were tanking, you know, Zach Collins, uh yeah, aside from Not Andrew so Vaughn. good. Yeah, Andrew Vaughn's like the only one who looks like a major league player. I mean, Nick Madrigal right. possibly could be a major league player, but... We won't know. know until he can stay healthy for, you know, more than, you know, 40 or 50 games. Yep, if he can stay healthy and uh, if he can imagine not being a complete and total dope on the base pass and in <laughs> the field, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, you know, like you've got a... A bunch of you know draft picks. I mean, granted, it's you know it's like some of the some of the deeper talent in the draft uh, who you know you get from area scouts and stuff like you know Romy Gonzalez and you know like some of these other guys, Davis Martin. You know, like some of these guys. Yes, they're hitting, but the guys who have who you know when you were tanking and got you down to really nice high draft pick in the first round. Those guys that you have to hit on, none of them did. Right. Right. You know, Zach Birdie, uh, Zach Collins, um, Carson Fulmer, as mentioned by Grimtall, uh, you know, Madrigal. You know, and I made the mistake that Carson Fulmer, I thought maybe he could come back and. Everybody did. And I was. Everybody did. He just didn't. I thought maybe. I thought he was, you know, he didn't work out as a starter, but let's see what he can do in the bullpen. And it, you know. Things just didn't equate for him. Everybody yeah, had him rated good. higher than uh, than Walker Bueller. He was the guy at Vanderbilt, while Walker Bueller was number two. You know, not number two. Yeah. Like I'm not saying he's number two. 
I'm saying that he was the second starter. Right, right, right. Not that kind of number two. Colt, right, right. <laughs> uh, John Rudels would be laughing right now if he was watching, but he's he's getting ready for bed. Um, but yeah, I mean, like those none of those draft picks hit. The ones that had to be franchise altering draft picks. The only one who's you know essentially really doing right. anything is Vaughn. Right. I mean, you had multiple top five and top 10 picks in there, you know, in the draft. And yeah, like you said, the only one that really looks like could be an actual MLB baseball player and and have some value at this point is Andrew Vaughn. And so the gentleman who was in charge of doing that talent evaluation, you know, granted he's taking, you know, area scouts opinions and everything, but on the other hand, is that the guys lower in that draft, you've had more output out of the guys that were lower in those drafts than you have from the guys who were the first-round picks. So, right. um, you know, and then that guy's <laughs> doing your pro-talent evaluation now. And, you know, like the the good one that you've gotten has been uh, Johnny Cueto. Who just you just happened to get lucky on? Yeah, he did draft Crochet, so that yeah, I'll I'll give him that. That's that's fine. Um, however, Crochet's well, we still don't know. You know yeah, TJ. we we don't know if Crochet's going to be the guy either. I mean, you know, started out looking pretty good in the bullpen. Uh, you know, we had high hopes for him until uh, you know the arm kind of fell off, but uh, we can be hopeful that he's going to come back and and do some big things. We don't really know yet. That still remains to be seen. Yep. And uh, Grimtall asks in the chat here if we have seen the Twitter thread about Vaughn and his actual value. And we as fans overvalue him because the past five years of the draft. Have you seen any of this? Uh, I have not seen that, but I, you know, like the problem with evaluating Vaughn is that they've had him playing in the outfield. Correct. So he's playing out of position. Um, you know, he's playing out of position. Like, what do you, what do you want from the guy is that they're sticking him in some place that he's got no business being. And, uh, yeah, he's learning a new position basically on the fly. I mean, he didn't even have a full spring to, you know, learn how to play outfield. This kind of was sprung on him towards the end of camp, you know? Uh, not this past season, but, you know, the season before. It was kind of just sprung on him. And uh, you know what really kills me is the people that think he's serviceable out there. <laughs> Some people. Or him or Sheets. I mean, there are people I saw out there advocating for Sheets because he's a left-handed bat. And uh, uh, he's improved. He's, he's improved. He hasn't improved enough. He hasn't improved enough in the, in the field. I'm sorry. He's, I mean, he's not capable. No. He's not capable of improving that much, you know, that he's ever going to realistically do anything, you know, in the outfield. You know, he's never going to be a good outfielder. He doesn't have the speed for it. It's just not, uh, it's it's not realistic. So, whatever, man. Uh, just the whole thing's aggravating. Uh, I... <laughs> Gavin Sheets in the outfield. Exactly. It's it's just another 
Yeah, it's like Gavin how, sheets in the outfield is just it's the worst thing that happened since Jermaine Dye played shortstop. That is that's baseball comedy gold, Jerry. Uh now where <laughs> does that rank? Uh where where would you say that the Jermaine Dye shortstop ranks with the Liam Hendricks pinch runner? Oh I mean both are pretty bad. You know, starting Liam Hendricks on second base on their innings, though, that's wow, what a gaffe. <laughs> How do you not know the rules? That Hall was something. Of Fame, Hall of Famer baseball person. Yeah, that was doesn't know that the was rules. Something. Yeah. Uh, where does that? I mean, it, I can't rank either one of them. They're both, you know, for lack of uh, better words, they're both dog poop moves. I'm 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 really trying to bite my tongue and not cuss like a sailor right now. Yeah. <laughs> this team will do that. Ah, uh, yes, half the team got ejected. I forgot about that. That's why Jermaine Dye had to play shortstop. Uh, woof. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like this was a uh, very uh, constructive chat that we've had here. Um, we got a lot done. Um, yeah, I mean, we put together two hours on a on a news, but uh, a lot of fun conversations here. That's the way I, that yeah. At this point, that's where I'm at because, um, well, two hours minus uh, you know, probably a good. 10 or 15 minutes of technical difficulties. So. Yeah, at least. Yeah, probably a good 20 minutes of technical difficulties I'm going to have to go through and delete because uh, we're still dropping frames every once in a while now. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, our, our podcast listeners are going to hear that two hours and go, what? Uh, yeah, no, I'm chopping. Yeah, you're I'm missing some stuff, guys. Stuff Don't worry out. about it. You're not missing anything awesome, though. Yeah, we're, ju- we're dropping frames right now as we speak, you actually. Just... Yeah, hey. so... Yeah, things. Winter meetings should be fun, Grimtall. I agree. Uh, it'll be at which I am setting for uh, my allegiance to a Mister Rick on. Uh, if I don't see something that that tells me they're uh, moving in the right direction during the winter meetings, uh, my my mind is going to be made up about this upcoming season probably fairly early. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be show me from here on out. Uh, no longer defending any of that until, you know, you show me something. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing is that I, I'm i not going to judge him on this offseason alone unless some major things happen because the budget's so screwed. And I, like I said, I mean, I kind of feel like some of those moves were forced on him. So I don't think that necessarily he's necessarily all to blame. Now, I, I understand he's the GM and ultimately it falls on his head, but I think, you know, a bunch of that is due to uh, negligent ownership and among other things. So, yeah, well, it might not be fair to uh, ask him to pull a rabbit out of his hat this offseason, but unfortunately, that's where I'm at. You're what other choice to, do we you're have? You're going to have to show me some magic. You're going to have to show me some magic because, you know, uh, we have been. I mean, you and I really have spent a lot of time talking over the last few years since this rebuild, you know, whether it's part of, uh, you know, a chat thread on this app or a a different chat thread on another app. I mean, you and I have kind of gone back and forth a lot over the last five years or so here, six years or so. And, uh, you know, that kind of uh, emotional investment 
that you put into this kind of thing. I'm sorry, but the patients weren't then. Whether or not Rick Hahn is fully to blame, he is going to take that. Uh, he is going to take the, the majority, the brunt of the of the hate from from fans. And you know, I like you said, I think we're being nice, giving them a, an additional reason to uh, right the ship, if you will, or at least kind of show me that you're trying to right the ship after the debacle of the, the last managerial hire. Yep. Yep. <sighs> lots, lots of stuff's going to have to change with, uh, you know, with how this team was this year. You can't run it back with the same team next, uh, next season. You just can't. There's, there's no way no. that you can allow that to happen. You have to show that there's some sort of an, of accountability. You know, if it's not going to be mid season, it's at least got to be before next season. There at least has to be some right. kind of changes, you know? Right. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, good where, or bad. Yeah. this Good or bad, this offseason is going to be interesting, to say the least. Exactly. And it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to mold a lot of people's opinion on uh, what to expect from this team. So, uh, hopefully they get it right. You know, that's about all I can say at this moment is hopefully they get something right because uh, right now, you know, the disappointment that was this past season is set in and taken hold, you know, and it's going to be hard to let go of. Yep. I read the Mookie to shortstop thing today. Oh, my gosh. I That's... Oh, yeah, that was the... That's the... What is that? The Dodgers plan to get Aaron Judge in a, uh, a Dodgers uniform. going to make a transition for Mookie to move over to shortstop so Aaron Judge can play right field. Geo for Bellinger. Yikes. <clears throat> well, I guess neither one's neither one of them had a good year in a little bit. So, there's that. Um, yeah, so I think that that's I think it's like a is, lateral move, huh? It's it's <laughs> stinks for both. Stinks for both. Right. I don't think the Dodgers need a 5 ERA guy. And uh, I don't think the White Sox need another guy to strike out 35% of the time. Granted, he's left-handed and he does have power, so that might be interesting in uh, U.S. commiscular rate field. Um, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, thanks for coming and hopping in and watching. WhiteSoxDaily.Substack.com at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Uh, I am at I Eskridge on Twitter at Danny Miller WSD is where you can find the Danny Miller. You have a great night, Pusher Robot. I'll have a yeah. Thanks for checking in, man. I'll have an okay night. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming, and hanging in the chat and talking and uh, talking about a bunch of stuff that may or may not happen uh, and a bunch of stuff that we're probably angry about and absolutely nothing's going to change. Yes, GG's, bro. <laughs> GG's. Uh you guys have a great night and we will catch you guys next week. Uh hopefully there's something interesting to talk about. At least uh the World Series will have started by then as the first game is on Friday. Why they have 4 days off, I have no idea. But uh first game of the World Series is on Friday, so we'll at least have a little bit something something to talk about on uh Monday night next week. And um Yeah. Uh, until yeah. then, I don't really think I <laughs> yeah, honestly don't no, think anything's going to gonna happen. It. Yeah, I don't think anything's happening no. with the White Sox before the uh, World Series is over because I don't think that they're going to. I mean, uh, 
personally, I don't think they're going to hire Ozzy, but I don't think they're going to hire somebody that's not um, at least been in the playoffs yet or not at least been in the playoffs. I don't Um, think we're going to get any kind of announcement until the playoffs are over, and it still might even be a little bit after that. You know, there was an assumption not to jump the stream here, even when we're signing out, but there was an assumption a couple weeks ago that, you know, the day after the World Series is over, we'll get an announcement. Could be that soon. We I, shall I'm see. Not my breath for it. Yeah, I hold my breath for it. Fair enough. All right. Well, for myself and my co-host, the Danny Miller, this has been White Sox Daily Life. Uh, you can find it anywhere where you find your podcasts and uh, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts. You know all that stuff. Uh, find it everywhere. Uh, hopefully the picture is finally updated. It updated on my computer, but it didn't update on my phone, and it's, I'm very upset about it. Um, yeah. So, uh, But anyway, uh, you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you later. Night. Night.